What is up designers and design lovers? My name is Mehmet and this is Design Discipline. You already know this if you've been through my videos and podcasts and articles, but I spent 10 years as a design researcher, as a scholar of design. I was an academic researcher in interaction design because in my heart, I'm a scientist. I like to learn. I like to teach and publish and write. One of the reasons why I like to publish on YouTube and podcasting is that I get to talk about like super theoretical, super philosophical, even mystical subjects that might inspire you. And I get to talk about very, very practical things that actually matter in the daily life of a practicing designer. So this episode is actually the latter of those things. We're going to talk about something that matters very much to a lot of designers working today, and that is remote work, being a digital nomad, working and traveling at the same time. Even more generally, this is not really about the whole package of like the digital nomad lifestyle where you might be moving from country to country every few weeks, but this is about uh, freeing yourself on a more general level, breaking the link between your employment and your geographical location. This is an extremely important topic for the audience of design discipline, and it's a topic that is very dear to my heart. So allow me to explain. I will just uh, take a couple of minutes, uh, not more, to explain that. I want to tell you why you definitely should care more about remote work, starting with why I care about it. Especially if you are starting out in your design career, or kind of midway through it maybe, you really, really must hear this out, all right? A little bit of background first. I am from Turkey. I grew up in Istanbul. I studied mechanical engineering originally, but then I turned to design and development, even while I was studying, as my primary means of making a living. So this is like 2012. I'm like 24 years old at the time. I finished college. I was working at a startup. I was also uh, freelancing or moonlighting as a web designer. And pretty quickly, I realized that the kind of work that I wanted to do, uh, the level of craft that I wanted to execute, it just wasn't a thing in the ecosystem at the place where I was living. Istanbul, Turkey at the time was not a very strong ecosystem for work in design and technology uh, compared to kind of hubs for this kind of work around the world like the Silicon Valley or Scandinavia or Germany or Israel. At the time, the best that I could do was to sign up for graduate school to level up and this exposed me to an international community. It uh, allowed me to do innovative work that I was not really finding in the industry at my location. This is the first important point that I want to leave you with, especially if you're starting out, because no one told me this really. I had to find this out myself over years. And if I knew this from the start, I might have done a few things a little bit differently. What you need to understand is this, the kind of work that you want to do and the level of quality that you want to do it at might not actually exist in the place where you are living. I mean, we are here in the year 2023. Of course, you could say that digital design, UX design, web design, you could say that these jobs, digital design jobs exist everywhere in the world, but still the level of competence, the level of uh, maturity that you will find at your employers, the level of quality that people care about. And as a result of those, the level of compensation that you will be paid as a designer is definitely not the same everywhere in the world. You know, we have people tuning in to design discipline from 200 countries all over the world. And I've personally been to more than 20 countries and worked with people from these countries. So the ecosystems that you find around different disciplines of design or any professional discipline for that matter are not the same everywhere in the world. So trust me when I say that this should actually matter 
years, it's actually very few countries in the world where designers have good educational opportunities, good work opportunities, good salaries. They are well understood by their colleagues. The companies that you work for can actually consume and scale the work that you're doing. These things change drastically as you move around the world. There are uh, hubs and clusters of competence and also incompetence for that matter. But what remains the same all over the world is that the ecosystem that you're in matters much more than your individual performance. So if you care about doing great work in your chosen discipline and getting paid well for doing that, of course, as you should, you might have to work remotely with clients or colleagues that are not from your place, but more aligned with you in terms of competence or in terms of vision for your occupation. Or you can decide to just completely move out of your hometown and go to a place with a better ecosystem around your profession as I have done when I moved from Istanbul to Sweden. Which brings me to the second reason why you should care about what I'm going to say. So far we've established that if you're starting out working remotely or taking a job in a different country, might be a good idea. But what if you're already working as a designer in a more or less stable fashion, but you want to explore? You want to try out the whole digital nomad thing. So maybe it's midlife crisis. Maybe you broke up with a partner and you need to find yourself in Bali. Maybe you've always wanted to live in Florence, the city of the Renaissance. I don't judge. In fact, this is the position that I find myself in today because I recently became a citizen of the European Union and consequently, I vastly expanded my capability for travel. So when I release this episode, I will probably be in Istanbul or Bali or Lisbon or somewhere like that, away from my usual workspace in Sweden. Even though I'm recording this episode while I'm home, editing it, releasing it, these things will be done while I'm on the go. And I will also be working as a designer and programmer at the same time. So now I think you understand why this topic matters very much for me. And I think it should matter very much for you as well, because being able to work remotely, being able to free ourselves from uh, geographical constraints with regard to our employment is one of the superpowers that we have as designers in the 21st century. There are few other professions that do what we can do. Dentists, teachers, musicians, carpenters, these people cannot really pull this off. We are maybe one of the most compatible jobs that you can have with remote working. And I'm here to tell you today about how to make the most of your experience as a remote working nomadic designer. In what follows, I will give you four ideas, four tips, if you will, to prepare yourself for a very productive time working remotely, not only in terms of being productive with your work, in terms of getting things done, but also in terms of making the most out of your travel experience. These are some of the things I've learned over the years as an experienced designer and experienced traveler that I wish I was told at the very beginning of my journey. And I will not only give you these ideas, but I will also tell you about some of my favorite tools and resources that will help you implement them. So here we go. Number one, embrace the digital. All right, again, a bit of backstory so this makes sense. I started out wanting to be an industrial designer. I wanted to work on cars, furniture, uh, shoes, lighting, cutlery. My design hero at the time was Mark Newson, who is one of the most prolific industrial designers of all time. He has worked on all kinds of objects imaginable. And I studied mechanical engineering in order to learn about manufacturing and building designs. As an engineer and as a design researcher, I work with a lot of different machines and gadgets. In fact, my specialization as a design researcher was something called physical computing and tangible interaction design, which are fascinating topics for another day. I have designed and built 3D printers, interactive drones, wearable devices, 
rooms covered with sensors, uh, robots, cameras, musical instruments. So believe me when I'm telling you this, you do not want to be dealing with any of that shit while you're traveling. Stay away from designing physical things. Embrace the digital. Surrender to the cyberspace. Focus your design practice on things like UI design, web design, motion design, animation, 3D modeling, illustration, mobile apps, a whole host of things that you can do in the digital world. In fact, go all the way and go completely digital in your workflow if you can. Your entire workflow should be as automated and as digital, as software-based as possible. For example, if you're doing UX design as much as possible, prefer to use quantitative methods for research and insights, surveys, analytics, statistics, asynchronous data collection. These are your friends. Digitize and automate everything. Try to avoid meetings as much as possible. And if you can't avoid them, which honestly, most of us really can't, use software that helps you schedule them asynchronously and takes care of like time zones and everything. My favorite tool for making this happen right now is Calendly. Using it for me has been pretty much life-changing. I'm not really exaggerating this. And believe it or not, I'm not getting paid at this moment of recording by Calendly for advertising their software. In fact, I'm paying them a significant amount of money and I think it is worth the money that I pay. So set up your software, set up a system for at least scheduling meetings asynchronously if you cannot avoid them. Try to gather the intelligence you need, the inputs you need from your colleagues, from your clients as much as possible in the digital world and asynchronously. As a general principle, try to avoid any activities, any sort of work that depends on you being present at a particular location or at a particular time. You will find the most amount of freedom in this way. You can be much more productive and you can also enjoy your travel much more if you're able to work completely in the digital world. You know, as designers, we romanticize physical objects. We like colors, we like materials, we like gadgets and books and papers and pens. But there is tremendous depth in digital design if you're willing to explore it and stick to it. You can be a very sophisticated designer. You can do very interesting work even when everything you do lives on a screen. And you can always get back to the physical world, the papers, the samples, the parts and everything when you decide to settle somewhere. You can expand your design practice later in that way if that's what you want to do. Tip number two, step up your online brand, your portfolio, your blog, a YouTube channel if you're so inclined, cold emailing, sliding into people's DMs. These are the things that matter for remote designers. Now, normally when I'm coaching designers, I find myself repeating that your relationships with people are the most important thing. If how you show up, how you communicate, how you collaborate with your colleagues, with your clients, that is the most important thing to advance in your career. And if you are working remotely, the majority of your relationship with these people will in fact take place mediated through a screen, online, on the internet, on digital tools. Remember tip number one. So your profile picture, your webcam and your microphone, the way that you write your emails and your messages, if your digital communications are top-notch as a remote designer, that's how you will be noticed. That's how you will be preferred by clients and employers. Think about it. If you're going to a job interview or even just a regular day at the office, you would clean yourself up. You would take a shower. You would put on a clean shirt. I mean, I've actually done all of those things right now just before recording this episode. And you can apply the same thing. You can apply the same mindset to how you show up 
online. Now to accomplish this, you can pick up a lot of different tools and skills. You can go and learn how to take a good profile picture or have your AI do it for you. Uh, you could buy a new microphone. You could uh, take a course on cold emailing. But one of the most effective things that you can do as a digital designer, obviously, is to step up your portfolio. This is obvious if you're freelancing, but even when you're employed in a larger organization, your portfolio or your personal website will be a thing that people visit. They will go there to learn more about you. Other designers and your colleagues around you will head to your website and check it out when they become introduced to you. And at this moment in time, the best product that you can use to upgrade your portfolio is the Design Discipline Portfolio Upgrade Service. So right now you can go on our website, you can go to designdiscipline.com to find our suite of offerings to help you upgrade your creative work. And one of those offerings is a portfolio upgrade service. Think of this as a personal coaching service where I will show up literally in person to review and level up your portfolio in an online call together with you. This is a complete review and upgrade of your portfolio. It includes how to position and explain yourself, what words to choose, what to include, what to exclude, how to improve your layout and typography and copywriting and colors and animations. We review and we improve everything about your portfolio. And at the end of the session, if you don't feel that you've received anything of value, I will give you a full refund, no questions asked. I will cancel the charge on your card if you are unsatisfied with this service. Just so you know, this service and the terms of the service might change over time. We might even discontinue it completely. But right now in 2023, if you're a designer who wants to upgrade their portfolio, this is the most focused, this is the most personal service that I know of that you can get. This is like an upgrade that you can install on yourself specific to upgrading your portfolio and specific to upgrading your portfolio. So check it out. Number three, prepare. So I don't know what you're used to. I don't know what kind of arrangement you have in your home or your office. As you can see, I'm surrounded by books. Uh, I have my camera, my microphone, my large screen, my small screen, uh, my sound card, headphones, hard drive, my semi-modular synthesizer. That's extremely important for, for the work that I do. Anyway, I don't know what you have around you every day, but here's what I know. You're not going to have any of that shit when you're traveling. You will lose your physical workspace. You will not only lose your physical workspace, but you will also lose your habits and your discipline because your habits and your workflows are very much dependent on the, on you being in that space, believe it or not. Our behavioral patterns are more connected to our environment than we realize. And you will be in an environment that not only doesn't have your usual tools and ergonomics and gear and everything, the environment around you will be begging for you to come and explore. You will feel guilty for not going out more. You will regret if you do not go on walks and hikes and dinners and dates. It's very hard to resist this pull. It's very hard to resist the loss of discipline because maybe it is actually the right choice. Maybe you should be saying, fuck the work, fuck the discipline. Maybe you should be enjoying your time while you're at this new place. You should be experiencing the things that you can experience only at that place. So planning and preparation are what will save you in this process. What I try to do is I try to complete batches of work before I leave. In fact, I'm doing this 
right now. I'm making this footage, this uh, uh, this recording for this episode, which I'm literally going to edit tomorrow on an actual plane flying out. The trick is to complete as much work as possible when and where you can, starting now, from the moment that you decide to go on this trip, so that you can pull this work out from your bag and deliver it when the time comes, when it is needed. If you're able to do this whenever and wherever you have some kind of an optimal workspace, uh, when there's no good reason to be doing anything else other than work, that's really great. So either before you leave or at any opportunity that you get during your travel, get as much done as possible while you can. And this way you'll get to enjoy your destination much more because there will be opportunities to do other things. There will be places, events, spontaneous encounters that call on you. There will be things that you can do only at that time and at that place. And to make space for these things, you might have to do a bit of extra work before you go. And you should be prepared to work unconventional hours at night or on uh, Sundays or whenever to make space for unique experiences at other times. Some of this assumes, of course, that you've managed to go digital and uh, either avoid or properly schedule your meetings. But I'll be honest with you, I have no recommendations for tools that will help you this. I'll just say it like it is. Again, from my experience as a traveler who's been on quite a few of these trips, this is 100% about how you manage your time and how you manage your attention. There's no software, there's no gadgets, anything other than your own planning and self-management skills to help you accomplish this and to make space for spontaneous, unique experiences that will surely show up. And speaking of those, number four, do in-person things. I know it sounds contradictory, but when you are in a new place, one of the most productive things that you can do, especially as a digital nomad, is to meet people. Unless I'm truly on vacation and I'm just chilling at a beach or something, I always try to meet new people and develop uh, professional relationships at every country that I go to for an extended period of time. You can find and attend different kinds of events. You can ask your network and your friends to introduce you to local people that they might know. But in any way that you can, try to make these professional connections. Especially if you're in the business of traveling around and working remotely, that means you can make use of work opportunities anywhere. Uh, so developing these connections internationally, having a worldwide network of people that you have at least once met in person, that will be very, very valuable to you at some point during your remote working digital nomading experience. Even if you don't consider yourself to be very social, in fact, especially if you don't consider yourself to be social, I would recommend that you do this because coming from a different country in these social settings, you will have the upper hand in these, in these social situations. In terms of uh, getting people's attention. You are exotic. You have stories to tell. And the opposite is also true. You have stories to hear. You have cultures to learn about. I can tell you that I already have a list of like a dozen people to meet and already scheduled uh, meetings with at least half of them when I'm traveling next week in Istanbul to talk about collaborations, to talk about uh, uh, our industry and how it changes in these different locations, to learn from these people from different cultures and in the same profession. I'm also specifically promoting and researching for a new digital design service, a new design studio that we're starting. So you can have a specific agenda with these things, but if you do not have a specific agenda, that's actually even better because you can just hang out with people, uh, shoot the shit, have good conversations, conversations, make friends, and you can use your professional standing as a designer uh, to tap into a global community of fellow designers. You can initiate these friendships from a professional starting point. 
My recommendation for a tool to help you with this is called Meetup. You can simply find this platform at meetup.com. Meetups are actually very popular among designers in Sweden. I don't know if other people around the world are organizing as many of these events, but if you come to Sweden in major cities, you will find at least one Meetup every month specifically for UX designers and UI designers and digital product designers. Of course, meetup.com is not the only tool. You can check out Facebook groups, Discord communities, etc. You can join the design discipline community that we host on Discord with members from more countries than I care to count. Just saying, well, technically I'm not just saying it. It's a real thing that you can do. So if you go to designdiscipline.com slash community, it is there. You can actually join. Anywho, that's actually it. That's my four tips for designers who are preparing to go abroad to do some digital nomading, some working while traveling, some remote working while on the go. Number one is embrace the digital. Number two, step up your online brand. Number three, prepare. And number four, do in-person things while you're there. Now you might be thinking, is that it? That's really all the tips? Is that really all? Dude, I could have given you better tips if you asked. And that is exactly what the comments are for. Do you have better tips, better tools for remote working designers, digital nomad designers? Bring them. Hit the comments on a YouTube video and like and subscribe while you're at it. Reply to our posts on Twitter and Instagram at Design Discipline with the tools and techniques and tips and comments that you have about this whole situation. Subscribe and get access to our Discord community at designdiscipline.com to reach me and the global community of design innovators directly. Let us learn and share and grow together. Now, if you come looking for me, I'm going to be away for a while.